Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, thanks very much for joining us. We are coming into award season and there are a couple we need to talk about. We're very excited though about a new business award that is being launched by Cork County Council. It's the inaugural Best in Cork Awards, recognising the vital contributions that businesses and tourism providers make to the county. They're also going to acknowledge the efforts being made to promote a sustainable future. And there are brilliant things happening in businesses right across County Cork that are being celebrated in this particular ceremony. Valerie O'Sullivan is the Divisional Manager for South Cork. She's deputising for the Chief Executive and she's with me now. Hello, Valerie. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very well. I mean, it is incredible when you think about the businesses that are out there and the work that they are doing. And the council has a role to play in supporting them. Absolutely. We we like to think that we support each other. I mean, it's the businesses of the county that make the county such a great place to work and live and visit. And so we're, we're here, I suppose, on this inaugural awards um, to try and acknowledge their contribution to every part of life in County Cork, really. There are nine different categories, uh, something kind of for every business and tourism operator, because those are the areas that the council is is really supporting. Um, how important is it for business just to make an effort to be sustainable in their modern era, as well as just doing the, the commoner garden stuff well? Yeah, I think it's very important that we all work together to face the challenges posed by our changing climate. I mean, we're taking on that challenge, but we're at nothing without the support of businesses doing likewise. And in fact, the people of County Cork, um, and they're they're going to great lengths already to make their operations more sustainable. And we want to recognise that and acknowledge it. Uh, these awards, I suppose, are a way of showing support and gratitude to the businesses who go that extra mile for their staff and for their communities. And while we do celebrate it by going into these premises and by supporting them, this is another way of doing it, isn't it? It is, and it's a, it's a recognition as well that businesses, small, medium, large, uh, tourism operators, independent traders, they're such a part of their respective communities, be it the community of their staff, um, ourselves as clients and people they trade with, um, and actually where they're situated in, in across all the towns and small villages of the county. Um, so they're such a part of life, I suppose, that really it, it's time, we felt it was time for us to recognise it and show our support and gratitude to them um, for being sort of the lifeblood, really, of our, right across the county of our towns and villages. Mm. It's been a tough few years for lots of businesses. We had the pandemic, then with the cost of living crisis. Many have had to make a lot of changes to, to keep the lights on, to stay in business. That resilience needs to be acknowledged, doesn't it? Definitely. We've all had to adapt. Um and innovation is another theme across each category of the awards that we're um, establishing this year. Um, and the judges want to hear how businesses have adapted um, and to hear about the challenges of COVID-19 and the rising cost of staying in business, how they faced those and how they stayed in business. Um, and I think the awards are a great opportunity for businesses to tell their stories and highlight their successes. I mean, if nothing else, they're free to enter, so it's a free marketing platform, a free advertising platform in a way for businesses, and we're delighted to be able to do that. Mm. Look, I have to say that being the presenter of this particular podcast means that I've gotten to speak to lots of these businesses already. We've had them on Red Business in Focus, the innovation, the female entrepreneurs coming through, the clever ideas that are out there, and because they're pedalling so fast to, to keep going, they, they sometimes don't stick their heads up to say, well, maybe I should get a little bit of credit for this, but the winners are going to be 
be announced at an event in January. One overall winner selected from all the categories. I suppose, how, how do you reach that overall winner, Valerie? Well, the finalists will be chosen from across the county by an independent panel of judges. And then the overall winner will be chosen by the county mayor, um, who is Councillor Frank O'Flynn um, at this time. And there will be an awards. There will also be awards for best startup, best small, best medium, best large business. So winners in each of the divisions, North, West and East Cork, will be announced at a special lunches event in December. Okay. Um, so there will be a, an independent panel of judges in the first instance. Um, how do people get involved? You mentioned the fact it's free. Yeah, it's free to enter. So like, my question is, why not? Why not check it out? You can nominate yourself, so you don't have to, as a business, go around looking for somebody to nominate you. Do As you said, put your head above the parapet and talk to us and tell us your story and enter. Um, and it's very simple to do that through our website, corkoco.ie, and you'll be directed there to... Um, fill in a simple form and answer four to six specific questions relevant to the category you've chosen to enter into. Okay, so in other words, it's relatively straightforward, but there is a deadline. The clock is ticking on nominations coming in. Yes, so the the we're open until the 5pm on Sunday, October 15th, 15th for Best Startup, Best Small, Best Medium, Best Large Business. And then the remaining categories, those will be accepted up until Sunday, November the 12th. Okay, so in other words, it might be nice on the mantelpiece. It'll be a nice little thing to say that you are the best in Cork. Get the nominations in now. All of the details are on the council's website, corkcoco.ie. And all of the businesses we've had on here from County Cork, you should definitely go in for that because you do deserve to get the credit for what you are doing. Valerie O'Sullivan, Divisional Manager for South Cork, deputising for the Chief Executive of Cork County Council. Valerie, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks so much. Bye. Construction recruitment firm Ward Personnel was founded by Corkman David Ward and it's expanding its service offerings with the launch of a new dedicated management and technical division. That's going to tackle the ongoing shortage of construction professionals in Ireland and we've been hearing a lot about that in recent times. David Ward is with us now. Hi, David. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very well. I mean, I've been at loads of conferences where the most pressing issue, apart from the cost of things, was the difficulty in tracing good quality people to work on sites. Why is it so acute now? Uh, I guess there, that's, there are several reasons, Jonathan. Um, I'm not sure how long you've got now, but I guess the collapse of the Celtic Tiger, big problem, an awful lot of people left the industry. Uh, numbers dropped dramatically going into both apprenticeships and into the, the ITs and the universities for courses like engineering, construction management, quantity surveying, etc., uh, COVID wasn't, didn't help. And you might say that, uh, in a sense, nearly the industry became a little bit unfashionable. And, uh, you know, maybe a lot of us are guilty of this, that we, you know, we haven't been encouraging our kids to go down the route of the construction industry. I guess the fact that traditionally the industry tends to be quite cyclical uh, and with, with, with peaks and troughs, you know, that's not ideal, obviously. And so there there, there are several issues and several reasons why mm. uh, numbers are, plus obviously there's, the, the demand has never been greater and, and uh, there's, there's a huge amount of work going on. So well, well, when, when, when we had the boom, we just brought loads of people in from Eastern Europe uh, because uh, they saw it as an opportunity to make good money while they're here. Can we not just do that again? Well, we are doing that, Jonathan. We've brought uh, about 800 workers into Ireland in the last five or six years. Um, 
but it's not enough. You know, like we're competing with other countries for these workers. So like Poland, we have an office in Poland. That's the main uh, source of workers for us, albeit we've also brought people from Croatia, we've brought people from Ukraine, but we are competing with lots of countries like Germany, the Netherlands, Denmark, Norway. They're all, they all have, have, have major shortages of construction workers as well. And, uh, you know, we don't always, we, we don't always come out on top pay and conditions in some of those countries can be better than what we can offer here. Yeah. Um, the technical side of it, I suppose, is important, isn't it? Because the way we are building things has changed quite significantly. And the skill set that might have got you through 30 years in construction mightn't get you through for much longer. Yeah, well, for sure, the industry uh, is moving on all the time and technology is becoming a bigger part of it. In fairness, the courses in, in Irish colleges and universities, you know, have changed and are changing, you know, to meet that the, the, the demand that's there and the, and the, and, and the change in the type of uh, training that people need, if you like. Uh, but, you know, again, that's an ongoing work in progress. Um, but yes, absolutely, that is that is a that is a very valid point. Um, your own company's expanded a lot since you were established in 2010. You've got offices all over the place now: Cork and Dublin, Athlone, and now in Poland. Uh, is that just because this is such a widespread problem that you've had to spread your tentacles? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the the, the, the Polish office in particular, Jonathan, that was set up almost uh, exclusively for the purpose of trying to source workers. Uh, for Ireland. We're not providing services on the ground in Poland. That they, they, We have three people based permanently in our Polish office and they are full-time trying to uh, source and hire workers to come to Ireland. But also we, are, uh, we have done some work in Denmark and in the Netherlands. And we, there's a lot of Irish contractors, Jonathan, who have done, you know, very, very good companies that have done a lot of work for the likes of Microsoft and Google and Facebook and the large pharmaceutical companies in Ireland over the last 20 years and have such good relations relationships with those companies that they are now being asked to, to, to do jobs in the Nordics, for example, in Germany, in Switzerland. And some of these companies we've been providing with workers in Ireland for years and they're now talking to us about workers in some of these countries. And yeah. in fact, as I say, we've already provided guys in the last few years in Denmark and in the Netherlands, and we're currently looking at uh, at a couple of other countries as well. But I suppose one of the biggest challenges you have, yes, uh, prior to 07, Ireland was an attractive prospect. You could come, you could live here, you could make a lot of money, ascend at home. It, you know, they might be making more money in Poland now because their economy is doing better. The cost of living here has skyrocketed. Is it proving more difficult to attract international talent to come and work in Ireland because of, ironically, the shortage of housing? Yes, absolutely it is. There's no doubt that the housing shortage is a big problem. Like we, in terms of the people that we bring into Ireland, Jonathan, so we have to find those guys. We have to obviously do our due diligence and, and do all the vetting, etc. We've got to convince them to come here. And as I said, there's a lot of competition from other countries, some of whom would be able to pay better terms and conditions than what, than what the industry in Ireland can pay. Uh, we, we have to get them, when they come here, we have to, train them in stuff like safe pass, manual handling, abrasive wheel training, etc. We, we have to get them accommodation. We have to provide them with transport to get them to work. We have to get them PPS numbers. But the biggest problem by far is the accommodation. We spend a huge amount of time trying to, you know, basically uh, scouring daft and my home, etc. and going to viewings and, and, and basically begging landlords to rent houses to us. So there's no doubt that is a big issue. 
what no, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a chicken and egg thing. We need workers yeah. to build houses, but we need houses to house the workers to come here to build the houses. So there's no quick solution, yeah. but, you know, it, it's, I guess, uh, it, the issues are being addressed and government are doing their best and yeah. CIF are doing their well, best. Well, I have to say that that's possibly the best synopsis of Ireland I've had in quite some time. But you are making inroads and you are finding good people. Wardpersonnel.com is the email address if you want to check it out. David Ward, Managing Director of Ward Personnel. Thanks for joining us on Red Business, David. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a pleasure. I forgive you for calling me a Cork man at the outset and actually a Roscommon man. Oh, well, look, living in Cork for many years. Well, look, as I said, we'll have adopted you at least. Otherwise, we wouldn't be mentioning the Roscommon <laughs> thing. Thanks, David. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Now, we were speaking of awards earlier on. Cork Chamber is preparing for its annual Digital Marketing Awards. They're on October the 6th and a number of businesses this year, uh, increasing actually the number of people looking to win that award. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. But first of all, I want to talk to the Chief Executive of Cork Chamber, Connor Healy, uh, about the Chamber's pre-budget submission. Hey, Connor. Hey, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm, I'm guessing tip-top of that list is infrastructure and housing, is it? You're absolutely right. Yes, uh, we launched our uh, pre-budget submission there a number of weeks ago um, and, and had glad to have the opportunity of presenting that directly to the Minister of Finance, Michael McGrath, uh, and had a very good meeting with him uh, in our own office at, at that time where we did discuss the key priorities um, of our members. And you're right, you know, housing is is number one, uh, really significant concern across the business community in terms of meeting the needs and the demands they have as their businesses grow, as they look to attract more employees into those companies, and as collectively we see the population and the working population in Cork continuing to grow. So, you know, measures are being taken. I think we would very much welcome what's been happening under Housing for All uh, over the last number of months, the schemes that have been announced. I think they're having an impact. Um, and, you know, the focus around Creek Onaha, Project Tussig and those various schemes, you know, I think they will come to fruition, but we need to ensure that there's a continued focus. And equally in terms of the private market, you know, the the, the, the focus in the last while has been primarily around cost rental schemes and social and affordable. They're hugely important uh, and need to be delivered. But we also need to see a functioning private market as well yeah. uh, to meet all the demands across the across the spectrum. So absolutely, that's that's core. And the broader infrastructure, I suppose we look at infrastructure across the, the National Development Plan and Project Ireland 2040. And there's a lot of really strong projects in there for Cork across all aspects of infrastructure, from from roads, public transport, um, education, healthcare, cultural investment, and so on. And it's really important that all of those um, are are coming forward. And I think while we while we welcome that significant projects for Cork are part of those plans, our concern is around timing. Uh, and look, we are in a very positive position at the moment in terms of exchequer funding. Uh, the coffers are full to to use that expression. And we just really want to ensure yeah. that, the, that Cork is prioritised and that we can take full advantage of that position while we're in that position now well, Connor, to on. see those projects brought forward. Is it very frustrating for you guys, having gone in there with your budget submission, to say, we need to invest in infrastructure, we need to invest in housing. If we don't do this, companies are going to get spooked and they're going to pause investment. I mean, we're near, we are very much at that point now where people are saying, mm, we love Cork but we can't afford to put any more in there because we'll have nowhere for the staff to live. We won't have the proper infrastructure in place. We can't even fly there if we're travelling in from the States. I mean, you've been making these arguments for years. Why are they going to listen to you this year? A lot of the challenges we have at the moment are actually challenges of success. You know, we've, we've seen huge levels of growth over the last while and the feedback across our membership, you know, from large multinationals down to, you know, smaller companies, SMEs, indigenous uh, businesses, is that they're all doing um, pretty well. 
obviously from time to time, certain sectors have their ups and downs, but across the board and on the round or in the round, you know, the, the climate is very, very strong and businesses have a very positive message. Um, and I, I don't believe that's going to change, but we need to ensure that we're properly positioned um, for the future and to take advantage of that. It's a really exciting time uh, in, in Cork across a whole range of areas. And while we have the resources to ensure that continues, we need to ensure it's delivered upon. Just, just an example there, you know, in terms of public transport, the, the Cork Metropolitan Transport Strategy is a, an outstanding blueprint for the future of Cork and will be transformational in terms of how people from a, get to work and move around in their daily lives in Cork, be it um, on using suburban rail, a future light rail system, uh, the implementation of a, a much improved bus system, as well as very significantly improved walking and cycling infrastructure and so on. And we can already start to see that happening. The, the volumes on our rail services are significantly up. So there's an appetite in Cork for change. There's an appetite for people to move uh, from car transport into public transport and other means. But we need to get that infrastructure in place now. We have the resources. And our argument is that, you know, uh, Cork is ready for that level of investment. There's also a climate piece, Jonathan, here, which is really important. Cork yeah. is one uh, of 100 mission cities to be carbon neutral by 2030. Transport is about 35% of Cork's carbon emissions. If we can switch quickly to uh, a public transport based transport system, we significantly reduce our carbon footprint. So it's a win-win if we see that investment coming Yeah, but, but at the same time, you have to look at something like the Port of Cork, uh, where we have all that available land space. It was supposed to have moved years ago down to Ringeskiddy. There were delays with the road infrastructure getting it down there. Now we've got part of the port operating in Ringeskiddy, part of the port operating in Tivoli, and, and no sign of them moving down there to free up that for land and, and to give some green use out of it as well. And then you have to, like, if we're moving that slowly and getting the port from one side of the city to the other, like, what's the likelihood they're going to embrace the green message anytime soon? You're right. Sometimes infrastructure is frustrating, Donaldson, and uh, but, we, but we've got to keep you know delivering a really strong message around all of these issues. And um, if you take the port, the barrier there at the moment is the is the N28 Ring of Skiddy um, upgrade. Um, the good news is, is that it is happening. It definitely will happen. The concern slightly is in terms of timing. We we would like to see that going to tender uh, more quickly, which would bring the, the project forward. Um, you know, potentially could be completed. You know, six to twelve months ahead of of where it currently is in schedule. That would allow the port to move forward and a lot with a lot of their plans more quickly as well. So it's about a lot of joining the dots here between the various agencies. And look, part of our role is to engage with government and those bodies to ensure that they're all talking to each other and all engaging appropriately. So, you know, that's a really, really positive um, opportunity for Cork. And the engaging with, with climate, I, I think uh, every day there's a move in that direction. Um, I, I think there are commitments there. Uh, and one of the suggestions that we have uh, in our budget submission around that whole area is a specific climate fund for Cork, yeah. you know, that really addresses those issues and takes the top four or five areas that would impact significantly on Cork's position from a climate and a carbon perspective and actually deliver upon those. So we're hoping we'll see some movement on that. Okay, well, it is the 10th of October. That's when Michael McGrath and Pascal Dunne, who take to their feet, will speak to Minister McGrath on this podcast after the budget. But of course, the real important date is October the 6th, which is the Digital Marketing Awards. Ten years in now, Connor. I mean, I remember these starting up and thinking, good Lord, has anyone got enough digital assets to put in for it? And, and they're a runaway success. You've never had more entries this year. 
it's been fantastic, Jonathan, over that period of time. Really, I remember it at the start as well, and and it's you know at that time it was very new, and it was a concept in terms of awards for digital activity, and uh, but it's grown year on year, and we've seen in the interim, you know, everything is digital now, and I suppose our focus on this is is recognizing the success of so many businesses, and um, even those that are operating in a very small way and making digital and transforming their activities using digital technology and so on. So you know, it it has been a huge success. The, the level of entry goes to strength to strength. You know, it goes to a process to get to the finalists uh, and then a great celebration of that success on October the 6th. So, you know, um, very much looking forward to it and wish all those getting to finalist stage the very best of luck. And if that wasn't enough, uh, then you've just launched the Core Company of the Year Awards. Now, that's not until next year, so I don't need to put on the talks just yet, but you're accepting applications, if I'm right, Connor. Absolutely, Jonathan. And we've actually just entered um, the, the 26th year um, of the Cork Company of the Year Awards. So officially launched um, and with entries uh, initially for the, the first phase uh, up to October the 16th and all will culminate uh, with the award winners being announced at Cork Chambers Annual Dinner in City Hall on the 9th uh, of February. And as ever, we're really looking for a strong level of entry. Companies can nominate themselves. They can nominate a business that they think are doing great things. And again, across the usual categories in terms of emerging core company of the year, SME, large and international. So again, very much encouraging those to think about entering and look forward to receiving those applications. Such generosity with so many awards. You're a very nice man. Connor Healy of Cork Chamber. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, Red Business in Focus is available as well on redfm.ie. That's our partner video series with thanks to Cork's local enterprise offices. Fiona Corcoran was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.